0: and welcome to Head Boss In Charge. Hey, how you Bossin? I'm
1: pretty good.
0: <laughs> I'm good too, so let's just go right into the episode. Yeah, I agree. Very excited to say that we have a guest. It's been a while, but we have Adanta Anu. Did I pronounce it right? I You're so close. I was about to ask you. About this one you, you were so close. So awesome. yeah, this after so many years.
1: My like, I didn't even hear you ask. Oh um, can you
0: please say it?
2: Adanta Ahana nu. Ahana Right, it's basically what you said.
0: Uh, yeah, well, thank you for giving me, 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 me the town. <laughs> Um, but yes, you're here um, in the Bay. Yes. Um, so uh, for those who watch, well, and no one knows. Yeah. I was gonna start from to ground zero. Um, so oh, I met Adanta uh, back during our undergraduate days okay. at Boston University. Um, we were actually, uh, well, I guess, we first probably met through orientation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were both student advisors. Um, you were you were an orientation leader when I. It, entered Mm -hmm. uh, the school and I didn't become an orientation leader till two years later, but you were, I, you kind of like the BU celebs, like there are BU celebs (laughs) (laughs) out of the 16,000 or 32,000 students that go there. Um, there are certain faces that you just see all the time. She was definitely a student leader. (laughs) 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 And I was like, yes, I need to know her and be like her. Um, and then we also intersected through the theater space. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that probably will come up with a little later in conversation, but um, you were on the board for um, on Broadway, um, and I've auditioned and also worked for a show um, too. So yeah, we we go from there. And um, now I, th- I think it's probably been. When did we graduate? Like almost ten years ago. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Don't tell them. I'm gonna laugh You think ten
1: years ago was a long time? Okay, <laughs> okay well, if you want to age. Yourself, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> okay, well, I met Adanta. to, let me see, how long has been. <laughs> 10, 12 minutes? I think um, it's actually been
2: 23 minutes. Okay, great. Well, you know,
1: the time has just flown by, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I've been doing it
2: thus far.
0: Well, it's been a long time coming, and now we're past Cross again, um, as, of, uh, as of a year ago, now you're in oh. the bay. I'm so glad we reconnected, but Same. I want to welcome you officially to the Bay Area. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, let's just start with you. Why did you move out to the Bay after probably like, how long did you live in Boston?
2: A little over a decade. Oh gosh. Ooh. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: I'll keep my old stuff <laughs> over here. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So what motivated your move out here and, uh,
2: Are you happy with the decision now in hindsight? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, as I said, I had lived in Boston for a little over 10 years. Um, I grew up in Arizona, and um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but Boston is cold.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually, my freshman year of college, uh, September hit, and it it got to 60 degrees, and I had my mom overnight my winter clothes, (gasps) because I thought that was winter. Mm
1: Well, because...
2: Arizona
1: is like the opposite. Yeah, it like, yeah, it's
2: like 120. Like, like in the Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm I'm sorry. 120. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. So mm-hmm. yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. But people will say, but it's dry heat, as as those as people say. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so that makes a difference. Yeah. Right. So it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I always say I might have survived like nine too many winters um, in Boston, but I love Boston. So as Paul said, I went to undergrad there um, at Boston University uh, for the best years of my life. I absolutely loved it and grew a lot. Um, And then I stayed in Boston, continued working first in the private sector for a few years, and then transitioned to work uh, in the nonprofit space, which is where I still am. And I think after a while, I was starting to itch for something new. So I had never seen myself in Boston for 10 years. Like, reflecting back on it, it still seems crazy that Massachusetts was, like, a state that I lived in (laughs) for so long. Like, that's just so weird. Um, But I think one thing that started to strike me was I had friends who, since graduating from college, they had maybe temporarily moved somewhere else for a year or two, and then maybe they went to grad school somewhere else, and then they were now going and getting a job somewhere else, and so they'd had all these opportunities to live in different communities and spaces, and I had kind of just been in one space for that entire time, Um, and I know that as you get older, it can be harder, especially as Uh you start to build a family, to be able to just pick up and leave, Um, and so I was just kind of ready for that change, and then also, um, my whole family was also closer to the West Coast between Arizona, and I have a sister in LA, shout out Monica, and a brother in Palo Alto, um, shout out Biafra and my brother in Arizona. <laughs> <As> I, <laughs> Got in all those, right? I just realized I shouldn't have even shouted at any of them to begin with. But no, they're so <laughs> lovely. So they are all um, out west. My family's out west too. And then I had a lot of close friends who I grew up with um, who had also gone out east or to the Midwest for college um, or some time and then slowly were moving back to um, the west as well. So it was just a nice transition time for me to be closer to friends and family um, and also to just explore a new community um, and be a part of that. And I was very lucky that the organization I was with um, had an opportunity for me to move out here and launch and lead uh, one of our newest locations. So it was an exciting job promotion, job growth, a new challenge. And then personally, um, it was just a great opportunity um, to push myself in a new way and to be part of this new community and environment as well.
0: Um, You know, I really jive with uh, the... I'm thinking about this all the time, about my distance to my family in different stages of my life and kind of projecting forward because that's pretty much the reason I decided to move to California was, hey, when am I going to have the time to up and leave and do mm-hmm. things? Let me do it now before, you know, it's too late. Um, so I'm glad you made it out here.
2: Thank you. I'm glad I did too. Um. So you
1: mentioned that you were able to do a, a job transfer. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you do and also why you do it. Yeah. And have you been doing it with the same organization for the 10 years, like,
2: Undergrad? Great question. So um, I joined Year Up, uh, which is a nonprofit organization, national nonprofit, in January of 2014. So I've been there okay. for about four and a half years, um, and I was out of their Boston office, which is where uh, we're headquartered. Um, and so one of the reasons why I first just decided to join Year Up and do what I do is because I've always just had this. Um, love and passion for supporting others achieve their full potential Uh, I'm the oldest of four siblings so the the three that I shouted out hey uh, (laughs) they had to deal with me as older sister their entire life I'm so sorry and um, for me I have just always loved being able to almost like be that big sister to others and I've been so lucky to have so many mentors who, who helped guide me to where I am today um, that being able to do that for others, just for me, has always been so re- rewarding. Um, and so even when I had worked in the private sector, on the side, I was still uh, mentoring with Big Brothers Big Sisters and mentoring after school at a high school twice a week and um, doing work with the United Way campaign, etc. And so all of that just brought me so much excitement and joy. Um, and I started to realize like that's where my heart and energy was. And um, I just had this Kind of natural uh, excitement around mentoring and so I realized that that's where I wanted to take my career um, which was initially a really scary move because it was obviously a huge pay cut um, from where I was previously <laughs> and not gonna lie my oh, Nigerian father was not too proud about that. <laughs> Hashtag oh, wants me to be a doctor still it's okay. <laughs> it's <so> um, nice <laughs> yeah tough life <laughs> not too late it's never too late. Um, But for me, just the ability to um, help these young people, specifically of color, um, be able to realize their potential in a way that they have not seen before. So maybe they've been told that they couldn't do it or they weren't good enough or they have not seen role models who look like them to get there. Um, It was really exciting to be able to have the opportunity to support them in achieving that and realizing that. Um, And also specifically because I studied business um, in college, it was exciting that we're supporting these young people and getting their foot in the door at these top companies. Um, So Year Up, just kind of a a gist of what we do. Um, We work with um, low income youth who are between the ages of 18 and 24 years old and put them through this one-year intensive free career readiness training program um, where they do six months of hands-on professional and technical skills training, followed by a six-month internship at a Fortune 500 company. So, Google, Bank of America, Kaiser, GE Digital, Chevron, Facebook, etc. And a lot of our students actually get hired full-time at these top companies where they're making double or triple of what they or anyone in their family has ever made and now actually have... The resources to be successful um and to continue to grow in their career both um, professionally and then also continue to go back to school to finish their degree um so to be able to see these young people who come in and they're often um shy and just thinking like i don't know if i can get in front of a group of even 30 people and present or I don't even know if I have what it takes to finish my degree or I don't Mm -hmm. even know what career direction I want to go or I don't know if I have the finances to get there and being able to help them realize like they have all those and more um, is just so rewarding. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's why I do what I do. Um,
1: Yeah. Because I was like, this is is only for 18 to 24. I know.
2: (laughs) I know. um, (laughs) We're trying to cross over. (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) Well,
0: a terrifying point but go ahead,
2: Paul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: um, I'm curious to know, because um, right now, because uh, I work at a design school, and what's really hot right now is this coding skill, and uh, we're trying to figure out how to, um, you know, make that kind of a revenue stream for our yeah. school, but it really is, it is kind of like the new math and reading for um, teenagers and young adults, is Europe kind of thinking about that?
2: Yeah, so we've done some work in the coding space before, um, and we provide students with some additional opportunity, depending on what uh, career specialty or track they're studying at Europe Up, to kind of dabble a little bit more in the coding. Um, so depending on where we are around the country, depending on what the market need is, that's how we decide um, the different career specialties and tracks that we offer. Um, so like in the Bay Area, we have help desk and desktop support, quality assurance, data analytics project management support and cybersecurity. Um, But that has also changed over time, right? In Boston, at one point, um, they had web development back in the day when that was a hot commodity. Obviously, things have shifted. So um, the career specialties that we offer will shift over time. um, But it's really market specific because the idea is that we don't just want our young people to earn these internships and then just go back to a dead end job. We want them to actually earn those internships and then also convert into full time positions where they're making salary plus benefits, and the way to do that is ensuring that that's actually a market need, right, that the the market actually needs to fill a specific role in data analytics or quality assurance.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, what were you, so you mentioned before that you were doing, you were like in the private sector, what were you doing then, or can you talk about it? It's so
2: confidential, it's so confidential, I cannot talk about it.
0: Uh, Well, give us the Olivia Pope response.
2: No, no. Um, yeah. So pr- previously, um, I was working for an insurance company. Okay. Um, so the first few years when I was there, I was part of this like future leaders business rotational program. So they basically took a cohort of like 60 young people from around the country who had just graduated from college, um, and put, uh, placed us into several different uh, roles within the organization. Um, and so we had an opportunity to actually rotate within different functional areas within the specific departments we were placed in, okay. as well as explore other areas. So for me, I had been placed in the claims department. Um, that was a whole new world for me, um, and really being able to understand like, how insurance operates and runs at the ground level. Um, so if anyone ever gets in an accident and needs support, I can um, help you understand no why way. you should not have made that left, yeah, totally. why you're at fault, more at fault, because you made that left-hand <laughs> turn, I'm just saying. Um, but for me, that was like a really uh, big eye-opener to actually just um, think in a more critical way, learn how to uh, be really effective on the phone, deal with difficult customers, understand how um, do I help calm a customer who's having a really frustrating situation and keep my own cool. Um, but then it also push me to better understand and be more successful later on when I took on um, a training consulting role within their IT department, um, where I was going around to some of our local insurance agencies in the Northwest, which was the region I was assigned to, um, to support them with consultative projects that, um, that impacted their insurance agencies and supporting them troubleshoot IT issues that they were having so that they would essentially write us more business. Um, So for me, I loved that because I got to be very external-facing. I was helping troubleshoot. Um, It was very people-oriented, so a lot of face-to-face interactions and relationship-building and account management. Um, And so that was a kind of a natural transition into when uh, I went to work for Year Up Mm -hmm. as the recruitment manager when I got hired because that was, again, focused on building a really effective and sustainable recruitment strategy and building up our accounts and building these partnerships around the community uh, within Boston. Okay. And
0: so in your current role... um, According to your LinkedIn, <laughs> um, so you're the founding director of this site that you're working on right now, um, and it's been a year. How's, how has that been? kind of awful? just start, kidding. I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. Did you start this from the ground up, or I, I guess what phase was the site at when you started?
2: That's a great question. So I started uh, mid-June last year, 2017, and when I came in, I think two or three other Folks on the team had already been hired um, and the site was officially launching with students in August so we came in and literally hit the ground running (laughs) so our whole team like met one day and then the next day we're like all right we need to recruit for 40 students and we need to figure out what our space is going to look like and where our laptops are going to go and how what key we need to open the door to get in every morning um, and how this is actually going to work so I'm very lucky that I have a phenomenal team. And um, prior to me coming on board, there was a launch lead. Um, And so she had really worked closely to kind of start to put all those pieces together um, and build the relationships with the college partner. Um, But once I came in, a lot of it was like creating like really clear systems and processes for how our site was gonna operate. Um, figuring out kind of even just like the logistics, like what are we going to name the front stairwell versus the back stairwell? Where's the student fridge going to go? What time are we going to make sure that we expect staff to be in those seats with students? So kind of all those little details. Mm -hmm. Um, Then on top of the larger pieces of like, how's orientation week going to be run? Who's going to lead which piece? Am I going to do the intro? Is our program manager going to do the introduction? Um, but it's been really, uh, really incredible challenge and exciting opportunity, both to build the relationship with the partner. So we work with Diablo Valley College, um, so we're literally physically sitting out of that space in Pleasant Hill, um, and so building that partnership and then also being able to create, um, just a really collaborative and like high functioning team, um, for our staff at, at Europe at DVC.
0: Ooh, I was tired just, <laughs> <I wasn't laughs> all that. I, you know, it's, it's kind of like a yes, you're preaching to the choir moment cause even to this day, working in a non-profit environment, you kind of have to dabble in everything, yeah. right? Um, even though your role is specialized, you got to dabble in a yeah. little bit. Yeah.
1: So um, I'm going sure. to transition us just for Tinge. Um, so um, we are grateful to have you here, as you are also famous. Um, Am I? So uh, <laughs> apparently recently you were, I believe, featured in the Women of Silicon Valley um, 2018. Um, uh, I guess super basic. How did that happen?
2: <laughs> how did that happen um how did that happened so i was connected to um some individuals at google who are currently the ones who put that together okay um and uh they reached out and said hey we're looking for some woman um specifically women in um the tech industry and of color during um during I think it was the month of March if I remember correctly it's all a big blur now we're in mm-hmm. May um, but they reached out and said we would love to feature you and you know asked me to respond to a few questions and all that good stuff and um, we did some editing back and forth um, and then they were like we're gonna put this up and initially they were like we're gonna put this up on a Saturday then like oh wait it's St Patrick's Day so they push it back <laughs> a day and they launch it on a Sunday because like everyone will be out and, and yeah. you know not. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> <for> <laughs> like a sad
0: holiday very yeah but yeah
2: they you know i shared a little bit about myself and they seemed like interested to learn more and to have me um kind of share my story and it was really exciting because i actually had the opportunity um to read all these other women who had been featured mm-hmm. and was just so inspired by so many of them and so i actually wrote to a few of them just like letting them know of the, the pieces of their story that really inspired me um, and motivated me and i had like some follow-up questions with some specific specific people as well um and so you know i was hoping that um when i shared uh, some of the questions that I responded to, um, that it would also like resonate and push and motivate others, um, in a new way as well. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I did, you know, some digging into the women of Silicon Valley group, um, and it's as large as they do in the annual conference. Um, did you go to the conference this past year? No, I did not. Um, any hopes in doing that?
2: Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I guess, I think this, um, well I would say ever since I moved here the um there are two groups that I think have been really striving for more outreach and attention mm-hmm. and focus and it's women and it's also people of color mm-hmm. uh and I think this title is really big um and I just am curious to know like what does that mean for you despite how they define it
2: mm-hmm. hmm. um so I think for me so I'll, I'm gonna actually back up for a moment. So growing up, my dad used to always tell me that he wanted me to be the first female black president. He's like, okay. I want, I want you just. He's like, I want you check off two things at once, right? Clearly, thanks Obama, you you checked one of those off for me. Um, but a, a big thing for me has always been um, kind of representing like, all different pieces of who I am and representing them to the best of my ability. So growing up, I've always been someone who. Um, I grew up in Arizona, so Arizona, specifically Tucson where I grew up. Um, the community I grew up in is not very diverse. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, at times, I did feel very intimidated by some people around me. Um, but I just worked really, really hard to be able to show, like it does not matter what I look like, whether I'm Black, whether I'm a woman, um, whether I'm an athlete, whether I'm this. Like I want to prove to people that I can do just what everyone else can do. Um, and so I've had to work really, really hard to get to where I am today. It has absolutely not been easy. Um, and I, I set really high expectations for myself. Um, And so a lot of that is to be able to inspire others to be like, okay, if someone who looks like me can do that, I can do it. Um, And I feel like for me growing up and having some role models, not necessarily immediately in my community who looks like me, but um, external role models that I could read about, um, that really helped push me to say like, yes, you can do it. You're great. Like you um, are not defined by X experience or people bucketing you into this, Um, even when it came to sports you know, growing up in elementary school, middle school, I want to, like, play with all the boys. I want to, like, run with them. I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, and so I think for me, this specific feature um, means a lot in terms of thinking about um, just, again, motivating, inspiring people who might have similar experiences that I have or who might say, wow, I didn't think that someone who looked like me or someone who was a woman or someone who X could actually get to where they are. Um, and, again, it hasn't been... Easy, um, but being able to have those role models, I think, is so important. And I know at Europe we talk a lot about that with our students. Um, it's so much of the time, it's not that they do not have the talent or motivation or skills to be successful at Google and Salesforce, etc. It's often that they don't know anyone else who's ever gotten to that space, mm-hmm. right? So much of the time we hear about young people um, who know by the time they're graduating high school that they want to be a doctor and often you find out that one of their family members is a doctor or a mentor of theirs growing up as a doctor well if you don't have that person in your life how are you going to know that that's an option for you to get to um and so for me you know one of the pieces that was exciting to have this shared um was my hope was that you know even if it just touched a small number of people that were able to say wow like I want to. I don't know this person, but some of what they wrote and what they shared resonates with me. And wow, they look like me. So maybe someone like me could be in that seat one day.
1: That makes so much sense. I think about that. I think Paula and I have talked about this. I don't know if it's on the show, but definitely offline that um, even the times where I know where I felt frustrated with my role, I'm like, it's so important for for students of color to see that there's somebody else that looks like them that can get there because it's so often, especially in the world of education, where the people at the top don't look like them. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't see it, you don't know that you can be it. So right. even in the days when I'm frustrated, there's those small indicators that I'm like, OK, I'm supposed to be here because mm-hmm. these students are seeing that um, while they may be upset with me based on my role, <laughs> they at least know that there's capacity for them to be in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going off script right now, so thank totally you. Um, <laughs> you talk a lot about, um, or you spoke a lot about, um, inspiring like the next generation of folks. like. Um, and mentoring and whatnot, and so do you have mentors? Um, and can you tell us a little bit about kind of you know how those have developed for you over time?
2: Yeah, oh, I've had so many mentors. I feel very lucky. Um, so two that immediately come to mind, and both are from Boston University. <laughs> <laughs> be, one <laughs> so one of them, um, so when I was in high school, um, I am the oldest of my siblings, as I mentioned, and um, I had decided that I was actually going to go to uh, GW, George Washington University, because I thought I wanted to be a politician, and um, the virtual tour online looked Great. So I didn't have time to actually fly out to some places. So I was like, great. You know technology back then? Mm Yep. So I was like, that's where I want to go. And my parents like, sounds great. And um, their financial aid package was great. And we're like, great. And so uh, it was a family friend who asked my parents, like, have you sent her to see some of the other schools? And... um, they were like, no, you know, it's too expensive and blah, blah, blah. And so it was actually one of my best friend's dad who had points. And Miles actually used his points to fly me out um, oh, no. to be able to see um, GW, Boston University. And then I went to New York um, either to see NYU, I think maybe NYU. Um, and on that trip, because I was traveling alone um, at most of those schools, they had set it up so I would like be able to sit in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to Boston University, they actually set it up in the College of General Studies that I could sit. In and meet with um, the assistant dean at the time, Dean Garnick. Um And so she immediately became a mentor. You know, she saw this like wide eyed high school student who was like traveling alone and was like, I just want to like love wherever i go to school and you know she was like why did you enjoy today and i was like students were actively participating and raising their hand and so i think she was like whatever we just got to get this girl here (laughs) like okay right um but she she became um a mentor to me and um was always really great at continuing to like support me and like elevate me but also just hold me to really high expectations okay so one thing i always think about is when I would present, I used to say, well, first off, I talked really fast, in case you haven't noticed, um, <laughs> and I used to say, you know, after like every sentence, and so anytime we would be together, and if she saw me present, she would always give me feedback, and afterwards, whether it be strengths or growth areas, but she was never afraid to be really direct with me with the growth areas, and like push me and say, I know you can do better, mm-hmm. and so she, she would come to me and say, you, I counted 10 times that you said, you know, in the last five minutes, and I was like, But how was the other part? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But I really appreciated and over time she just you know, I trusted I trust her so much and I care for her so much and I just always appreciated like her um, really honest, direct um, and caring guidance that she gave me. Um, and to this day, we actually just caught up again, I think like last week or two weeks ago when I was when I was um, driving home from work. So it was just great that that's continued. And then the other person is Shiny James, who's the director of orientation at Boston University, who Paul and I oh, yeah. worked very closely with. So another... Um, woman um, of color, an individual who uh, pushes everyone and challenges everyone who she works with to be their best. Um, And so she really helped me grow in so many different ways and held me accountable. Um, And for her, I I remember one of the first moments where I sent an email once saying, uh, Dear Shiny, I will not be at the event next week. Thanks, Adanta. And she, you bet, I got a long email back saying, here's all the reasons why that email was not appropriate and will hurt you in your career, Um, right? And in the moment, it stung, but truthfully, there's so much of her guidance and her mentorship and both her sharing, hey, Adanta, these are some strengths you might not realize you have that you should consider tapping into. Mm -hmm. And also, here are some areas that you should consider developing so that that can push you and challenge you to be even better both professionally and personally. Um, and so those are just two that stayed out to me. Again, I've had uh, many that I appreciate so much. Another one in Boston, um, Linda Swarlick smith who's the co-founder of Year Up, um, okay. was a huge mentor, especially when I was making this transition, um, really supported me behind the scenes and helping me kind of think through what that move would look like personally as well as professionally as I was like in my own head and analyzing every little piece. Um, and so for me, those people both being able to help you um, see the best sides of yourself when you can be really down, um, but also being really authentic and real with you and like, Hey, let's have real talk. Here's what you need to focus on, or here's what you you need to stop worrying about things that you have you can't, you don't have in your control. Um, having those people are so important. And for me, that's really, um, those are people who've really shaped who I am today.
1: Yeah. I love that you said the part about like, um, like, the people who correct you or the people who, who had the impact because you see that they care beyond the surface of, like, mm-hmm. you're doing a great job. Everything looks great. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that people realize that that when when someone corrects you, and I'm, I'm using that word very specifically yeah. to correct you, that that's a different level of care and mm-hmm. investment that they are willing to tell you so that you can get to the next level because they already see you there, but they're like correct this, literally change this because this is something that's a barrier for you. So right. I always find that those people who, they can kind of check me a little yeah. bit and I'm like, okay, so you go check me. I like you. Thank you. Like I yeah. needed that. I don't, I don't need the person that's always like, yeah, you're doing great. Everything's a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not getting any better by staying the same. So checking you
0: and also explaining why I feel like yeah. you're not mm-hmm. enough mentors go that Far enough. Yeah. We're just For the sake of checking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I definitely resonate with all of that. Because I still use so much of what we learned in BU. Me too. My professional experience. <laughs> all day, and, every day. And it's actually impacted the way I teach others.
2: Mm-hmm. I supervise now, so. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I've got enough of her. your own thing. Uh, so you're back out west being oh, yeah. a Phoenix, Arizona girl. Or just Arizona, <laughs> um, specifically Phoenix. but um, Tucson.
2: <laughs> yes. But, um, this
0: is your first time working full time professionally on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's definitely a East Coast versus West Coast vibe, and I think a conversation that we probably have a lot here because of the tech industry is just the space that women and people of color walk through, or mm-hmm. the lack thereof, mm-hmm. for the space. So, uh, I mean, I can read all the articles that I want and um, you know talk to different people, but I'm really curious to know after a year, what are your first impressions of um, black women in tech? And, you know, seeing that from both the insider perspective and outsider perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, my initial reaction is that there's very little. I was like, where are they, actually? And you are done with uh, talk. <laughs> Where are they? Um... So the, for me, I think there's three parts that I think of. So one is the work that I do on a daily basis. I feel very lucky that I work for an organization that's um, pretty diverse um, in many different dimensions of diversity. And so kind of on a day-to-day basis, when I think about, like, my immediate team, um, I'm very lucky to, I mean, even on my immediate team, I have th- two other women who are identify as black women mm-hmm. um, or women of wow. color in that space. And um,
1: <laughs> I just, I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> in the same In the same space.
2: Um, And then several other staff who identify as various dimensions of diversity and of color. Um, And so, and also majority of my staff are actually women um, at my specific site. And so um, in that space, I feel I love it. And I also, I mean, our students also represent so many different dimensions of diversity as well. And so on a day-to-day basis in that immediate space, um, I feel like I'm able to bring my authentic self. And I feel very grateful. I mean, we have a weighted hula hoop that we all sometimes use. Just for fun, just to you know, <laughs> stay in shape, keep our waist size small. <laughs> um, but no, but we but we also do have really real conversations. So you know, we every other week um, we have these team meetings where we come together and staff kind of rotate sharing um, different aspects of diversity and equity and inclusion and ways that we are living that or lack thereof need to be thinking about that in terms of how we work with our students. Um, so in that immediate space, I I feel very lucky and grateful. Um, I think when I step outside of that space and when I think of where our students are going when they earn these internships mm-hmm. um, and when we've had the opportunity to shadow them at different events in the community, that's where, to your question, um, I tend to see a lot less women in tech and a lot less black women in tech. And so I often will be walking across the hall with our students and like, hey, we need to do the little <laughs> head nod, right? Or like now, right, I've gotten some of the Wakanda signs walking <laughs> by and I'm like, this is great. Um, <laughs> But I think for me that kind of again further um, reiterates the importance of like being able to have more social media presence where there's mm-hmm. um, people of color and women of color being um, shown in the, in business and in tech. because um, again, you only if I'm a young person and all I've seen is one thing, it's really hard for me to believe that I can get to another space if I've never seen it or I'm not connected with anyone who's, who's there. Um, and I hear this all the time from our young people. Um, is like, even just with our immediate staff they're always just so impressed by like I never had seen someone of color in that specific type of role or I never knew that I actually even had the the, um what it took to get in front of a crowd of 30 people and speak and now someone like me who's from x community can actually do that um and so I think uh for me it's been an um an interesting observation. Again, I've been here for a year, but I'm still I like I still want to push myself to be even more out in the community. I think my first few months here has been like, at least at work, has been really focused on like making sure the site is running um really well. Um but I think that's something that like the Bay Area needs to address in some form and in some I mean I think just even nationally, I I mean when I think even back to Boston, it's not too far from what I experienced in Boston. In that respect, um, I would say it seems more heightened here because just Silicon Valley is here and the tech industry is here. And there's this like really clear, stark San Francisco and Oakland and the East Bay and differences and <laughs> yeah. the kind of where people are living and what um, specifically people of color look like depending on where you are in the in the Bay Area. Um, but I think that's one thing that I'm still like processing since moving here, like how is that impacting me on a day-to-day basis? How is that impacting our students? And then how what is like the broader impact of this um, across the Bay Area.
1: Mm. I'm gonna go off script again. Sure, I'm gonna do it too. Uh, um, mm-hmm. how do you prepare your students to go out mm-hmm. into these spaces where the chances of them seeing people that look like them is slim? Yeah. You know? so yeah, how do you how do you get them ready for that? Mm-hmm. They're, they're gonna
0: face it. Yeah. Um, especially since they're used to a diverse population. Yeah. Uh, uh, curating that for them before the real world. Yeah. So yeah. it's gonna be stark. start. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's something we're constantly working on. Um, so. Uh, A big piece is, in the program, part of the program, is that we are helping them build their professional skills. Um, And that includes helping them understand the importance of being on time to meeting, the importance of not necessarily having your cell phone out and texting during meetings, the importance of dressing professionally, what does it look like to dress professionally in a more conservative work environment versus a more lax work environment. Um, And so we're helping them understand some of those professional behaviors, what conversations are appropriate for the workplace versus not appropriate, um, i.e. such as a religion or politics type conversation. Um, and so we help them to kind of understand those pieces so that when they earn their internship and they're in that space and all of a sudden they're like, hey, I feel like no one else looks like me. They're not having to second guess. Am I, in what I, uh, is what I'm wearing appropriate? Am I speaking right. the right way? Kind of all of those pieces and they can actually focus on sometimes the fear of saying, I feel like I'm the only. Um, and so how we a, a lot of what we talk about there is we talk about affinity groups at these organizations okay. and like employee resource groups. Um, so a lot of these big organizations have these well they have a specific group for um you know women of color or latinx or whatever they have various groups that staff have put together and there's these employee resources groups that allow you to come together with people who look like you or who've shared similar experiences you have um, to be able to meet and to create that bond Um, we also do have like some real talk with the students and we do say like you will find yourself in specific circumstances having to work harder than some of your other colleagues. And this is what it looks like and this is how it feels and it might not feel great. And so here are some resources that you can turn to in those times. Um, All of our students have both professional mentors outside of your app that they're assigned to as well as staff coaches that they're assigned to. And so we encourage them to reach out. Um, So for instance, there is a um, black female student who's out of a Europe LA site and I met her a few months ago when I was visiting our Europe LA site, and we still talk on the phone and text consistently since that meeting, uh, because during that meeting she really connected with the fact that I was a Black woman in a leadership role, and a lot of what we talk and text about is her feeling like Adanta, I love the work, I love the organization, I love the people at this internship in LA, but I just feel like I can't be my authentic and full self, yeah. right? And so we've had a lot of conversations around what that might look like and so she's gotten involved in some volunteer groups where she has got to meet other people um, who share some similar passions that she has she's also looked into some of those employee resources groups or affinity groups that exist um, and then we've also talked about different ways that she can actually show her authentic self and like often her fear is being rejected right often young person's fear of showing the authentic self mm-hmm. is being rejected and so sometimes we'll say hey try these low-risk things to show yourself and see what happens And often our students find oh yeah they didn't reject me they're actually really excited about me sharing that piece of my story that piece of my identity Um, and then we start to tell them yeah continue to build on that Um, but again that's something that truthfully we continue to work on with our students both before they go on internship when they earn their internship and are on it um, and then even after when they're getting into their careers
0: um while you're explaining all of that i I couldn't help but think um and asked do any of your experiences parallel we got y'all um insecure (laughs) Issa Rae, on insecure. <laughs> <laughs> she works at a nonprofit. Yeah. She, I, I guess I mean, like, yeah. Well, you already said that you work with uh, women of color primarily on your staff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she likes to highlight the yeah. conversations she has with her white counterparts yeah. <laughs> in her organization. But um, you can feel free to ignore that question or answer <laughs> <of it.
2: laughs> Um, I'll just say I want to be Is- Issa Rae. Right. Who doesn't? Right. Old-
1: i'm just saying i would
2: like to live her story in all different forms in reality and on insecure yes yes. well stated (laughs) all
0: right so um i guess yeah just to kind of wrap this up um just kind of to um kind of end questions i I guess are you happy with where you are right now in your career trajectory um you know being this so many years out of um, our undergraduate experience are you think where you should be at or where you want to be at and then also i'm curious to know what are you focused on this year like what are, your, what are some things you want to get done
2: yeah definitely um i'm so excited to be where i am today uh i both personally and professionally i think personally i'm really proud that i made this move back out west um it's just been so exciting to both be able to be with closer with friends and family who live here and also reconnect with old friends and family such as you, right? We hadn't been able to see each other, I think, since my sister's graduation in L.A., when you were graduating from your your master's program. Um, But for me, that has just been really incredible to rebuild those existing relationships. and then also just, I love exploring. I've always loved being in new environments. Even when I was in Boston, I was traveling almost like every other weekend. And so the idea of being in the Bay Area, and there's just so much to do. Mm-hmm. So much, so many events, so many festivals, so many outside, outdoors. Like there's just so much. I can't even wrap my hand around it. My head, my hand. I can't even talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> <I> can you tell. It's <laughs> It's been a long day. Um, but yeah, so for me, that has just been really exciting personally. And um, and I've also been pushing myself to meet new people, which is great. So instead of just getting comfortable with... Um, you know, the people who I already knew here, both friends and family, but also pushing myself to be a part of other different community groups and volunteer groups. Um, And then professionally, I am so excited. This, you know, I love, love, love the work that we get to do with young people. Um, They inspire me constantly. Like I could just sit here and tell you like endless stories about students who I've worked with that year up in the past and the current students I'm working with and just um, the grit and determination and motivation and talent that they have. It like blows my mind. Um, So like any day that I'm having a bad day or like a tough day, I'm like, oh my God, life is great because <laughs> I will just take a walk with the students and I'm just so inspired by um, their just focus and their hunger to be successful and, um, and be able to launch their careers. Um, and then just the role that I'm in right now as a site director and, a- and being able to launch this site has just been such an exciting challenge and opportunity. Um, I love building community and building team and I got to do that in this role and I get to work with incredible colleagues each day um and the college partner we have they're phenomenal as well so for me it's just um it's pushing me to lead and to think in a new way um and i'm yeah i'm just really excited to see like what happens this year um and i think the main thing i'm working on for 2018 is uh, wellness just kind of continuing that's something i was not great at in boston specifically when it came to work life balance and wellness Um, so even as things get busier here with different um uh, changes happening uh, both personally and professionally, I am really pushing myself uh, in several different areas to practice wellness.
1: Love it. Yes. Uh,
0: so um, where can we find you? Like what's your, you know, Ooh. online stuff so people can look you up?
2: If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> gonna
0: it was look, like a- what? I'm going to put a link to the uh, Women of Silicon Valley article. Um, on our episode description, but um, tell us about your social media if
2: you want us to know. It's not that yeah. why I don't want you to no. know. Um, why don't I connect you to my sister's social media, which is much more poppin?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, you <laughs> did this. <like>, did I really? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm really like even when the woman in Silicon Valley came out, you're like, oh wait, I should have. Promoted that in some way <laughs> when he walked into work the next day. So I love that story, but um, um, we'll take the cue. We'll, we'll, we'll take yeah. the cue. Right. I'll promote, promote <laughs> you, you for you. Um, And actually, shout out to you, just your family in general. <laughs> your, you and your brothers and sisters are killing the game right now. When she recently just did a post on. Um, all her siblings are in different arenas different industries mm-hmm. and I just love it like your sister's an illustrator a fashion mm-hmm. illustrator had a feature on uh, Disney Disney um, mm-hmm. uh, forgot the name of the channel me too um, but, but it's it was bad. like a 15 10 minute segment on like her
2: her reimagining of Disney princesses oh so, um, and seeing her is work in the, the, the
0: illustrator this
1: is where what?
2: One of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. okay, okay. I yeah. don't have Disney,
0: don't know, do I watch it. But I feel like I saw this on social media somewhere. Yeah, It was very like viral, yeah. So, I'm, and then one just graduated from undergrad.
2: Or actually from grad school. Oh, grad school. Oh my gosh, just
0: killed the no, game. Is
2: anyone a doctor or engineer? Um, One is seeing his PhD and one is okay. just graduate with his engineering degree. Great. so he will save the family. Yeah. He will save <laughs> yes. all of you. From,
0: yes. <laughs> at least there will be one. Well,
2: none of them, <laughs> though, are MD doctors and that's really what what uh, my dad
1: wanted.
2: THG oh, p- 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 <laughs> doctor oh. does not count for the uh, oh, for the Nigerian parents. Like, THG. P- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> p- I I guess bad, I no, enough- but <laughs> five- <laughs> p- <fürs laughs> to, like fifty years later. No, they good, but yeah, no, they also work very, very hard, um, yeah. and also like they have also found like we all are very passionate about different things and have just found that hunger and that passion and work hard to get there. And I feel again, they also push me to be like, oh, I got to keep up. Like if my younger siblings. <laughs>
0: right? Can,
2: like, right. I'm like, stop yeah. showing off. Right. Like, no, stop no, showing off. We'll stop. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's fun. Well
0: thank you so much
2: for recording. With thank us. you yeah, for so having you me. Know. Yeah. You're now part of uh, the folds of bosses. Yes. Right. <laughs> I love it. Thank, a, thank you so much.
0: like any consultant that I've ever seen.
1: Also a lie because I always say it's going to be Every shorter week. than twenty minutes later. Um, so I'm gonna start off with a bitch. Um, so this is just a small bitch to Spotify, um, the streaming music podcast, whatever streaming service. Um, they earlier this year they put out a call for women of color podcasters that people could apply um, to be like one of I think ten people chosen to be flown out to New York and um, basically go, go through this, uh, a boot camp is what they called it for learning how to podcast. Um, and so <laughs> low key I didn't get it, I, feelings not hurt um, by any means. I didn't think I was gonna get it. Um, but they were a little sloppy in terms of like not communicating on the day that they said that the announcements were gonna come out of when uh, the winners were gonna be notified or that people were gonna just generally be notified. Um, and then it did. It took like a bunch of people like hashtagging them and adding them for them to actually send out a response that says they were going to be like three weeks later. Um, and then the other sloppy part that I didn't necessarily appreciate was that in their response with the update, like when it came out, first of all, it didn't come out on the day that they said it was going to come out. It came out two days earlier, but nice for earlier. But like, get your marketing team or communications team together, and then. They had the nerve to write, like, dear applicant. And I'm like, first of all, learn to do a real simple mail merge. Like, <laughs> it's real simple. It's not that hard. You, you can Google oh, it. Mail you can Google merge. Instagram. I that term. Um, and then it just was like, is this how you are going to treat an already marginalized community if you're trying to reach out to women of color? And then I can guarantee you nobody's application, um, their name was never applicant. So it was just uh, like... Mm, there was something shady about it and uh, I'm glad that um, it worked out the way that it did. Uh, So which goes to one of my bosses which is a group that formed um, a pretty robust base group that formed it's about 600 and some odd uh, members of women of color podcasters so a bunch of women were using the hashtag and kind of tweeting each other when we thought that the announcement was going to come out and then a few um, folks so shout out to them created this Facebook group for women of color podcasters and it's been a real pleasure to be a part of and to learn from and people are super supportive um, and sharing information for free and like boosting their own shows supporting the shows who are just getting started or people who are trying to figure out um what to do and how to do their own podcast so I'm super appreciative of um that group uh so shout out to them and then I'm trying to think of uh if I had any more, uh, I don't, it was, a bit, it's been kind of a busy few weeks, so, uh, bitch to the Spotify, but then also boss to Spotify because it started in, um, uh, this group of, oops, psych, this group of women who have come together and it's really been, um, a pleasure. Oh, and low-key shout out and boss to Meghan Markle's mom. I don't know her name. I wish <laughs> Sorry, mama. I mean, yeah. Um, but she slayed. Uh, during the royal wedding um, with her dreads and her nose ring. And number one, she's also beautiful. Um, I didn't ever hear her speak about anything, but it was just, it was so nice to see um, a woman of color there repping and doing her thing and not needing to have anybody with her and being able to do like, she didn't need like somebody else to be there with her, so she was repping on her own and I just love that part. Um, So shout out to her for... Just being a boss. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ma. I don't know your name.
0: I'd probably call you Ma if I met you. So, good looking, at out, Ma. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious to know, like, what she's going to be like at the, whenever she stays at the, in the palace. Like, what are her demands? Or, yeah. Does she just end up cleaning on her own? She's like, no. I'll just do it myself. Because oh, you sorry, know how black moms or, be. Cleaning. I was like, <laughs> she will not <laughs> Thank you very much. So, um, I have... Um, mostly bosses and all women and all black um, Or black So um, the first goes to uh, my three favorite um, Women and bosses and outfits at the Met Gala Which was two uh, two weeks ago By the time this episode posts So my favorites And these are the, really the only ones to care about Basically. Um, Is Rihanna Slade wh- And the theme was like Catholic like, some, like, ode to, like, an old Madonna theme, like, Catholic and reimagining, like, the fashion of Catholicism. There's
1: shade inside out to Madonna, but
0: I mean, about, she did about. get to perform at the Met Gala. so. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Kim Kardashian, actually, as much as I don't like her, she does sometimes win every once in a while, in my eyes, in my opinion. And she went more conservative. She had this, like, very gold, like, almost like um, kind of reminded me of like Janelle Monae's arch-android type feel, but she looked so, like her body was just like sculpted into a masterpiece fitting in the dress. And then um, Cardi B also slayed. Um, But I do have to note the part of the night that I did not think she was a boss was when her posse um, beat up this person on the street that was trying to ask for her um, autograph. She she rode with an all-male, mostly male entourage, and this guy, who actually is famous for heckling people, um, ended up getting towed up, like, really bad. So now she's getting sued, um, and he's going to win because he's he's jacked up, and it's all on video. Oh, yeah, so I'm like, Cardi, like, you you are such a boss in some moments, and then you, oh, the, the media part, she's not bossing in. Like, she needs to know who's going to represent her well because... Everyone, as you know, as distant as like maybe the person who's responsible for her left eyelash to the people who create the music, those are all people that are gonna represent you. So their actions are your uh, actions. So I hope she recovers from that well. Mm hmm.
1: As my mother
0: would say. Right. So, um, and then also in its own category, I have to shout out Solange at the Met Gala because she um, wore this do rag with a halo on top of it. And the do-rag kind of extended into this long kind of drape behind her. Um, and it said something about like, uh, niggas are angels or um, <laughs> something like really clever <laughs> something like that. I'm sure maybe it didn't even have the N word, but it was something along those lines. And it was just like such a, the probably the blackest thing of that night. Um, and it was just really also cool to see her shine and. Really represent the Carter family because Beyonce didn't go to this one. Beyonce or Jay Z. Um, she doesn't have to go to she, I know, and you know she doesn't even have to announce it until the day of that she's not going, right. which I think is kind of rude. But, yeah, okay. So, but that was. you Want to know what's so funny? That was its own headline. Beyonce <laughs> is not at the Met Gala, so it was as big as her being at the Met Gala. She's Just like, like, you like be right? Like, uh, you know, I want to make these niggas. sign an NDA, <laughs> so. Anyways, um, and then what else do I have? Sorry, this should be faster. Yeah, I lost my notes. Ah. So then also... Oh, where did it go? I will edit this out. Did I t- delete it? Literally, my finger was on the list. Where did it go? Yeah, maybe I deleted it. Yep, I deleted it. Okay. So, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Um, then my next boss goes to block Twitter for um, taking something that's negative and making it into a positive. So, you know that, um, that story, I mean, in the trend of, white people calling Oh my god, I know what you're <laughs> the, the trend of white people calling on black people. Yes, um but there is a, a one white woman who's who's been um more active in this trend of I think she was uh I think you showed me a video of this one where, I mean, she's on this, like, she, a bigger woman in this, like, blue sweatshirt, and she's, like, on the cell phone, oh. like, looking, <laughs> like, calling. I forgot what the incident was. Do you remember?
1: So there were, I think, a few black men that were barbecuing at, at the barbecue in Oakland.
0: Yeah. So that made Headline news, and everyone is now taking her image, just the cutout of her on the cell phone, <laughs> and putting her in these random black situations, but also like things that are not so black and not so problematic, just to uh, kind of make you know, uh, make you aware of the stark difference, and it's just really funny. Um, I'm trying to think of my most favorite one. Do you have one that recently comes to mind?
1: Um... There've been there's literally there's been like a whole bunch. Um, I know that they. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, but I know that they had somebody playing. Oh her yes. In each scene, I think, <laughs> uh, just kind of like literally like somebody who had on a hoodie and were they were like crying on the phone. Excuse me and mocking her there's been so many it's been hard to kind of keep up well
0: there was one of her like over the Beachella performance just going like this I'm just like oh I can't you will probably one of her at the Royal Palace oh gosh Uh, Black Twitter saves the day and then lastly I should have well I ended I'm gonna end with a bitch but the South is um making a rant online or you know protesting Netflix for just signing a deal with the Obamas. Wait, the South,
1: as in the region
0: of the (laughs) country? Yes, that is how how people are, like, you know, titling it, the South, or the Republicans, or the conservatives, whatever. Um, And I don't know what exactly um, they commissioned together. Um, I know the check's going to be nice, because they're making income again. Right. (laughs) So. They haven't
1: stopped. I
0: mean, they haven't stopped, but I mean, that interests them.
1: much um, Michelle Obama got for her book that it hasn't even come out yet. The pre sale came out in like February or mm-hmm. something for a book that I, I would be surprised if she had even finished writing by that book. Right. Like, let me just get the girls excited and see what we can
0: do. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll see if I can write it. So. so, just shout out to the Obamas, of course, and I'm ready to consume any kind of content you're about to put out there because now you can let us know all the secrets. Yeah.
1: um So, that the, are we even on a bitch
0: or a boss? We're, well, that was supposed to be a bitch on um the people versus Obamas. Um, but that I'm done. Okay, were you gonna say something?
1: No, I'm just. I think this was a boss last week, maybe, but before on um, I think I maybe said this to you on Twitter. This oh, uh, uh, I was race,
0: yeah, I saw oh, it on my way home.
1: It's like she's just been burning it up, and I can't take it. Oh, I'll tag was good. her in my next um Twitter post. Uh, she, I think her name is actually Jane, but on Instagram it's Orinku, I don't know, O-R-A-N-I-C-U-H-H. I'll tag her in our next thing, but she just be lighting these rhymes mm. on fire. Seriously. Like, ridiculous. She did one today for um, uh, in honor of Biggie Small. She did it to hit the, the beat to hypnotize. <laughs> um, she just, I'm like, how does she come up with this stuff? And um, she, she's taking off right now, for real.
0: Yeah, and when you told me to look her up, which I did later that week, her her following is actually really big. She yeah. has a lot of subscribers on her SoundCloud, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if she, you know, is working on a mixtape soon or something. Yeah,
1: I, I'm pretty sure that she, she keeps showing these videos of her, like, in, like, recording studios, like, from coast to coast. And I'm like, so she's doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised If this was for the gram Or for you know Because
0: I'm ready For more Give me more female rappers There yeah. doesn't need to be This whole one at a time Yeah You know
1: Like this shit is raw And I don't even listen to rap Like I don't I just Somebody tagged her one day Like a, a year or two ago And I was like Oh well no, she got some rhymes But she has just been Spitting fire And she's not who You would think That she would look like As a rapper Because you know People put somebody in a, you Put somebody in a box But she spits fire And it's just like Fuck it, here it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard a freestyle once on some radio show like recently, and I was like, "What the fuck?" But oops, excuse me, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I was like, "Well, they apologize." Grab, but i might I might
0: buy this mixtape. <laughs> All right, well that ends our episode for this week. Catch us on the different um, social medias. We got uh, Facebook. <laughs> we got Facebook. We got Twitter. We got Instagram. And uh, we also got emails. Emails your questions, concerns, comments, praises at headbosspodcast at gmail uh, Remember, we're on multiple different uh, podcast streaming sites. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. And what's even more important important is rating us. Not just giving us the stars, but also the the words to go along with those stars. Um, we really want to start generating some. Press and generating some statistics and feedback on our show. So please write to us what you like and what you don't like. Um, we like the honesty. And um, I think that's all we got for you. So we are going, 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 gone. I'm the biggest boss that you Cause it's just another day in the life of the